Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Here we go. Welcome to my podcast. You made it. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the RJM Experience podcast. Uh, the music industry podcast where we delve into the grassroots music industry and beyond and find interesting people to speak to. And today is no different, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us again. Well, Scott from Cayman's joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Yeah, Scott's coming up in a bit. We had a great chat. I'm literally recording this uh, straight after speaking to him. On a rainy day in here, Manchester, and he lives in Stoke. He's pissing it down there too. Hope the weather's picked up since we've record, started recording this for you all. Because it's uh, pissing it down. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another edition of the podcast. If you're brand new or if you're a Caymans fan and you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. If you've been here around, I love you guys. Thank you for hanging around and joining us for another week uh, of live music and entertainment and chat and that, you know. So what's going on then? Oh, my head's up right up my arse this week. Um, and it, I'm, I'm moving out, we've decided. We got an offer accepted on a property and uh, all that's going on, all the stuff you need to do to figure all that out. So that, on top of everything else, has got my head right. Is it? Is it up your ass? Is that? Have I got the right? I don't think I've, I'm not confident that that's the right context to how I'm feeling at the minute. Well, it just it just sums me up. Um, I'm a little bit scatty, heads all over the place. Uh, just trying to get all these things sorted. Uh, I, I, the main <laughs> I picked that. The, the wife picked. Uh, Kirsty picked the house for completely different reasons to me uh, i'm going to end up having my own uh, room where i can build a podcast studio and i'll be honest i, I judge the house just purely on that so if it falls down and if it's a nightmare it's all my fault because Kirsty's happy with it anyway she's happy with the, the choice um, but I'm happy with uh, the main consideration that I took into uh, getting a moving house down the road still in Manchester uh, but I've got I'm going to have my own room instead of being cooped up in a spare this yellow booth so that's going to be nice I think not looking forward to the process but um, but here we go you know if you're moving house being affected by the messages in this podcast uh, there are people that can help you if you're feeling the stress of it all. Uh, but, but hey-ho, I'm sure I'll talk about the, uh, the the process again on future episodes if you're bothered. Uh, tell me online if you're asked or not. <laughs> so, ladies yes, as I say, Scott from uh, Caymans is coming up very shortly. Uh, had a great week on RGM this week, a fantastic week. More views than, than ever. It's, it seems it's got a little bit bonkers this week. Everybody's still banging on about that catfish, catfish review we did. Uh, that's been going on for two weeks. It's getting thousands of views. It's a bit daft, that. Uh, we've got the new Liam Gallagher and uh, John Squire album review on there. New songs from uh, Friends of the Podcast, Marseille. Uh, we've got Cayman's new tune as well. We're speaking to Scott in a bit. Uh, so that's all on the website now too. 
we've got a new newsletter as well that I'm excited about. Uh, so there's a new newsletter that gets sent out every week to you all, so I'm being busy doing all that. What else? Oh, doing a full-time job and all, you know. Paying the bills. So, um, yeah, so as you can imagine, fun times. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm really excited. I hope it doesn't fall through because I don't know how this can and that, but I'm right looking forward to having my own like room and podcast booth and I want to be able to get light, proper lights and stuff. And, like make the YouTube bit look better. And I'm, I'm, my mind's flying, my mind's flying. Uh, but anyway, it's going to look nicer on the podcast if this new household goes through. Uh, which I'm very, very excited about and I'm going to shut up about now because it's not about me moving house this podcast is about you being entertained and uh, having a good chat with people within the music industry discussing it frankly and honestly and warts and all so here we go ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna introduce you to scott powell from caymans all right ladies and gentlemen scott powell from caymans take it away mate Morning, how's it going? Yeah, I'm, I think I've perfected that intro now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Yeah, I did like that. <laughs> it flowed there. It's, sometimes it's a bit repaired because I'm crap at remembering stuff, but that seems to go nice, nice. Definitely. There's like five people behind. We're like, uh, <laughs> auto cue shit. Um, so, Scott, mate, thanks for joining us today. Um, Caymans, uh, Caymans are a band I've seen online for quite a lot, and we've covered quite a few stuff of, on RGM, but I've never really spoke to you. And I, thanks for joining us today, mate. Uh, where do we find you today? Uh, you find me in Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, yeah, pissing yeah. it down, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We've just been saying it's yeah. uh, not a pleasant morning, but um, this is the pleasant bit. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Thanks for joining us for a chat, mate. So so let, let's kick off then. So Stoke-on-Trent. Stoke, Stoke Talk us through what's it like as a band from Stoke on Trent. Difficult. Uh, no, it's good, man. No, Stoke's, yeah. um, Stoke's. I think the biggest thing that Stoke struggles with is like an hour from everywhere. So, right. like anybody from Stoke who's um, you know pushy and ends up moving to Manchester, probably or London yeah. or you know, Liverpool, everywhere's an hour away. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of really good creatives in Stoke, and a lot of people working really hard on the Stoke scene to try and grow it. But it is a slog when you know you've got massive music cities like Manchester and Liverpool that are just an hour down the road, I suppose. Yeah. Um, is, is it like one of those towns that gets forgotten about a little bit for like gigs and, you know, headlining tours and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, we've got a, a couple of venues that you get, um, yeah. uh, like, like, um, touring acts come through. Um, yeah. but there's like nothing of the size of like the things that you've got in, like I say, Manchester, Liverpool, yeah. things like that. Um, yeah, I think all good indie bands should come from forgotten Northern towns, really. I think that's, <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Most, most, if, a lot of that guitar wave from like the early two thousands came from like offshoots of Sheffield and offshoots of Manchester, yeah. and you know, so maybe we're one of them. I don't know. I, d- I think there's something in that because I, I, I see a lot of bands that have obviously got money behind them because they've got the, every video, every single they bring out, they've got an amazing video and that kind of stuff. And <laughs> the, 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 those type of bands don't seem to have the story behind it, you know, the graft and just how uh, and the uh, and you know the. The, the struggles that go on around us all really in real life sometimes I, I think there's something in that yeah it's definitely becoming um an apparent split between like i don't know name any names or like bands who's yeah. done to build telly for four years or yeah. bands who've got really obvious industry connections that yeah. um help make things happen a lot quicker and a lot easier than it is 
if your dad was a gas meter reader like my mum, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> so well, like, there's definitely a yeah, there's definitely a different journey for some bands than others. I would like, say, That's like an Ayla. I'm not naming any. I like an Ayla, you know what I mean. But <laughs> if one knows your dad, that's obviously going to be rented. You know, at the end of the day. Um, they, they are good. I, I went to see in. Oh, right. I, I, I went. Uh, I, I didn't know Bono or his dad when <laughs> when I first saw. Him. I went to see him in Yes in Manchester. I think it was part right. of Neighbourhood uh, Festival, uh, and they were in the Pink Room in Yes, which is like it, it's a decent sized venue. I think a couple of hundred people. I think tops, but it's rammed with two hundred people. And you know, in a proper sweat box, and and the stage isn't, it, isn't big. Right. It's got like a door behind the stage, and they they, they had they've obviously got a team behind them because they've got money and stuff. So, like, in between songs and stuff, this bloke had to come through a door and bring a guitar in for him and that. It, 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 it was just... Oh, the dream, mate. Yeah. The dream that you get that one day and you don't have to stand there making idle conversation like tuning a guitar in. That would be the dream. One day, you know. Yeah, one day. One day, we'll have somebody to pass us something from over there. That would be great, yeah. wouldn't it? That would be good. So, uh, talk us through um, how you got into music. Or oh, talk us through before you were into music. What, what were you like? Growing up in Stoke, what was it like for you, Scott, a young kid that didn't know you were starting this band yet? What, what were it like before uh, music entered your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I, music's always been about, really, so I kind of grew up on my mum and dad's stuff, you know, Beatles and Rolling mm. Stones and Kinks and Fleetwood Mac, all that kind of stuff was always yeah. knocking around the house. Um, so, yeah, that was, I suppose, it's always been kind of like bled into me, that kind of way. Yeah. Um, and then I've always written... I've always been good with words. I always enjoyed like wordplay and, and mm. ideas and world building, storytelling, all that kind of stuff. Um, so like English at school. Um, and I've always had a voice. I've always known I could always think, like karaoke on holidays mm. when I was a kid. And, you know, I always could tell that I could I, I could sing. Um, so then about 14, 15, high school, I suppose when you're kind of finding where you fit in the world, the, all these kind of things kind of married together, really. Um, I started like, I fell in with like a group who, played instruments and, and like mm. guitar music. Um, so then I started to play and then, um, and then you kind of marry that up with the writing kind of thing. And I just, you know, I was writing like poems essentially with no music behind them. So I right. thought I better learn how to play something so that the songs are not poems. <laughs> were you, were you good at like creative writing in English and that as a kid? Yeah, that was always, that was always my bag. Like I used to, I'd like a few bits published when I was really young. Like I had yeah. stuff published in like, Certainly, like local publications. I even got something in like a national football magazine once oh, when I was about like 10, 11, which was like, but like I, I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed like putting ideas together and stringing mm. concepts together. Um, and then my favorite songwriters do that as well. Like I always love like uh, Ray Davis out of Kinks, great like picture painting songwriter, like oh. Waterloo Sunset, things like that. Um, so, did you write, did, did you do your creative writing as a kid about music then? Because I, I, I can remember. Uh, did they ask you to write books and stuff in English as you were a kid? I think I, I wrote some... Do you remember that alien called Alf? Yeah, I do remember Alf. Yeah. <laughs> I killed me, that, that little, little, little animal thing. I think I wrote... So I've, that, that, I'm just having a little bit of flashback from from English writing at school. I think I did like a, a story about him and he, he'd come to live with me and that and he's this alien and I had to hide him and stuff. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah, in the teddies. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, the little Alf thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, no, man, so, so you, you always write about music. And I've always, I've, well, I mean, um, I don't really even write about music now. Like, I, I tend to like, I mean, I write about like life and stuff that like is apparent mm. and real for everybody. I think I heard somebody say once, if you write what's real for you and you're normal, it'll be real for a lot of other normal people as well. So mm. that's definitely something that I've always written about. Yeah. And then, um, uh, like, movies is a big thing for me and the band. Like, we all kind of lock on a lot of film and like um, 
Mm. Cinema in general. Um, so like art inspires art. I quite often end up writing songs after watching something and mm. um, seeing a scene that sparks a narrative that will lead to me writing something. Like it's always, yeah, it's always something around that. Um, and yeah, when I was, when I was younger, I was, I don't know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just know I enjoyed it. I think. Yeah. Um, and what, then um, it married up with the music once I started playing. I think. What was the what was like school like around you? What 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 were the kids like around you? Did, were, were you looked upon as like a bit of a weirdo with, with music, or or like did you stand out a little bit, or was it was it like quite common in your? I think, area? I think like a confidence thing when I was that age, yeah. like. Um, for a long time, to be fair, like it took me like well into my early twenties to have the confidence, like go in front of project by mm. myself as well. I was never, never yeah. was something put myself forward, and I was always kind of like um, hesitant to be <laughs> too noisy about it. I just mm. know that I enjoyed it and I liked doing it, and I was like trying to find an avenue to go and do it. And then around about seventeen, like halfway through college, I joined my first band. It was only doing covers, um, but like. Um, I ask, I ask this question every time. What was a bad name? Uh, they were called Step in Lane, which was okay. the singers uh, where the singer went to uni in Derby, the district oh, yeah. he lived. Um, but like at like seventeen, I um I remember like getting all the prospectuses from all the unis that I could have gone to halfway mm. through college, and just not being able to find anything that I looked at and thought, you know what, I love this and I'll enjoy doing this and I'll yeah. put as much into it as needs to as I was enjoying going out and gigging every weekend at that point. Um, so at that point, it was only covers. But like, you know, at 17, I was going all over the country and doing, we doing like Butlins and Avons, Avons oh, Holiday right. Parks, things like that. Like, doing, getting paid and stuff. Or? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, wow. so like, getting paid my, in music. My, yeah, well, well, that was covers. But, you know, I mean, my, <laughs> yeah. um, my, my mates hadn't even got like a full wage in there, like 16-year-old, 17-year-old job roles. And I was picking up like two, three hundred quid a weekend just going out yeah. and playing Beatles and Rolling Stones covers, you know. Yeah. So um, I suppose that hooked me originally. Um, mm. And then I kind of got to the point where, like, I was like, well, this is just covers and I've always loved writing. So if I'm going to write, I've got to get away from this and go and do mm. something original. Um, and then obviously I've had a few failed projects like everybody does and yeah. then came and started when I was about 25, 26. And we've been hammering it from then, really. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's interesting the, the uh, doing the cover stuff. Uh, I, I, I speak to loads of bands, and Sam, Sam Shadell's one who I've known for years. I can remember hosting festivals and stuff, and Sam being on, and he were just speaking to him, and he were, he were off that night going to play a wedding. Um, and then I opened up by him saying, he said he did feel it was quite like soul destroying in a way. Because he, he, so he just wasn't, you just can't get as passionate about doing someone else's stuff as what your own, can you? It's just, it's a completely different ballgame. It becomes a job, like it yeah. becomes a you know, time and exchange for money thing where you're not mm. doing something, you're not doing something creative and you're not doing something, um, yeah. well, some bands do, some bands take it really seriously and mix their setup all the time and learn new stuff and do interesting stuff with it. It's a definite skill in itself, you yeah. know, um, but quite quickly, if you're not careful, becomes, right, we've got 10 gigs in and you turn up and do the same hour and offset every, mm. every time you go out. And then, you know, I mean, I sell phones for a living and that's just getting up and doing the same thing every day, yeah. you know what I mean? It can quite quickly become that if, um, if you don't keep on top of it to keep it interesting for yourselves. But even then you're essentially playing other people's stuff. And that was never what I, like the buzz that I get out of music is, um, is that, that moment in the practice room where you all lock yeah. eyes on something new and kind of go, I think we've got something here and you, you don't get that from covers. Uh, well, I never did anyway. <laughs> you don't, and musicians tend to, even if there's no money there, they still go down that route if they're passionate about it. Cause it's not about money when you start off in, uh, as a new band. Um, 
any new band watching this will be nodding their head saying, well, you know, it'd be nice just to get paid for a gig every now and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Um, I mean, money, as we discussed earlier, like it yeah. can open a lot of doors for you in this game. But like mm. there's this huge jumps between like what you could do out and doing weddings and what you need to yeah. like make serious inroads in this game for like the things that cost the money that they cost. Um, so like, and, like people ask like, kind of winds me up when people say you want to be a rock and roll star or something yeah. like that. I don't really. I just, well, I just want to get up and be a creative every day. I mean, if I could yeah. hear from, from being a creative every day, what I am from, you know, selling mobile phones. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that'd do me, really. I mean, anything above and beyond that would be amazing. Um, but that's a, that's some jump to go from, to be a full-time yeah. musician that earns your money from creative well, music, you know. What is a rock and roll star these days? No, no, they're a thing of the past, aren't they, really? Um, I think, I think um, they are, yeah. I think that the time has moved on in it since, you know, the Oasis days when, you know, they were just having fights and messing about and getting chucked off planes and well, all that <laughs> kind of stuff, boats and stuff. Where you don't, you don't see it about as much. The times have changed a little bit, haven't they? You've got to be more. And I don't know if that this comes down from the record companies where they're just too scared of people being too raucous because um, they just are. Um, I don't know if that's a if, if that's what people consider. Uh, is there a particular reason why you didn't go down the madhead route? <laughs> You know, I think like um, I think a lot of it's perception as well. I mean, if you perceive yeah. to be one thing, like you know, it's like the, the fisherman's story. You know, I caught a fish and it was this big, this big, this big. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that. Um, a lot of it's embellished, isn't it? Because I mean, yeah, I think I remember I did media studies at college, and I remember my media studies guy. Me um, too. <laughs> yeah, we were doing uh, we were doing like newspaper headlines, yeah. and he uh, he said something along the lines of, "If the rock star puts sugar on his cornflakes, he doesn't sell any records." But if, yeah. If it's cocaine on it, <laughs> you probably sell more records, even if it's not true. So I, I think for a, for a definite period of time, for a long time, that yeah. was true because they controlled the narrative. Like mm. there wasn't as much like there wasn't the internet and there wasn't, um, you know, smartphones and people with a camera everywhere, left, right yeah. and center to show you the truth, you know, yeah. whereas like, like labels could control the narrative with the media outlets mm. more 20, 30 years ago. So they could play on things like that easier. Whereas now, I mean, if you if Liam Gallagher was just being a dick to somebody, mm. obviously, and somebody filmed him, that'd ruin him like overnight, potentially to big yeah. chunks of people, you know. So it's a different world, isn't it now? So yeah, I do think like the rock star of twenty, thirty years yeah. ago is gone now. I think um, I, I do miss that a little bit, though. The romance of it, yeah. A yeah. There's a romance in, in like it, there's a romance in not knowing everything. I think, yeah. like we we live in a world now where like everybody's constant evolving thought is shared at every minute of the day. And like, yeah. like stories of like, this is what we're doing and this is what it looks like. And this is where we are. And this is what I think about yeah. it. And what do you think about that? Whereas like, there is a romance of going, I wonder what they like. like yeah. I wonder what, I wonder what the reality is. I don't know. Cause then it's a bit like how you don't see the shark in jaws till the end. Like what you imagine yeah. is far cooler or far more terrifying or whatever yeah. than, than the reality of the time. Whereas, like, we live in a world now where it's like it's so easy to just see whatever the reality is because everybody tells you on Twitter and yeah. Instagram straight yeah. away. Like, you know, um, it's interesting, think- isn't it? It's, I'm from a different area to you, you younglings era. I mean, and um, I, I still look back romantically to them days going to Oasis gigs and getting a pint of piss poured all over you. I didn't go to it for that reason. <laughs> Oh, when it hits you and it's warm. Always it's happened. Like, oh, it's happened. Warm. Yeah, I've been to many of them, many, many of them type of things. That, that they would, it were never fun, but you, you look back on it fondly, strangely. 
Uh, I think that still goes on, but I think, yeah. like you say, like the um, you know, that's that's, that's gigs. <laughs> gigs are still like what they always were, yeah. but like a difference now. Like you go away from a gig and like you know, imagine what them people that you just watched are like. Whereas yeah. now, you can go and find out what they like because it's all over Instagram, or it's all over Twitter, or it's all over you know TikTok or whatever. Mm. You can go and find out you know what they're doing backstage seconds after they've done the gig because they film it and show you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. It kind of disguises some of the romance somewhat because, like, yeah. say what you what you imagine is always probably far cooler than the reality. Yeah. It's like when you go backstage at a gig, like people people think backstage is amazing. Backstage is only like a toilet and a dressing room with a mirror. <laughs> and, 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 it, and if you're lucky, some sandwiches somewhere. Yeah, create a bit like like it's, all, it's got this like glamorous tag backstage. Yeah. Like backstage at a gig, most of the time it's awful, man. It's, what, it's like not I, somewhere you want to be at all. When I first started RGM many years ago. Uh, I, I, uh, I started to get like a few like free tickets for gigs and stuff and then I started to get a few backstage things and I thought oh, this is exciting this is going to be amazing and, and and I have romanticized about being backstage for many years before that thinking wrongly that it's going to be this magical place and I've and, and doing interviews and stuff I've been I, I ask a lot of people or I did at the beginning uh, until I got the reality of it all that you know what's the magic like backstage and that kind of something like well, it's portal over there then there's a the stage is there so that you know the stage is nice um but it's yeah. just a portal you, you you see some interesting people messing about and that you have a good time you kick a football about or whatever um yeah. but I, I don't know what i was looking for i don't yeah, know what exactly because well, exactly, what's in your head's like you know yeah. champagne parties and yeah. you know birds knocking about it's yeah. just not man it's not just a <laughs> Two rooms and a and a yeah. fire escape that they let you load the gear in. <laughs> I think we um, we did why not last year. Yeah. We've done a few festivals of that kind of size. Um, and if you're an artist, obviously you get to go and mill around. We didn't yeah. do the main stage. Obviously, we were on yeah. like a, a small stage up in the uh, up in the fields. But the, the wristbands and that meant we could go and mill around like back at the main stages and that, yeah. which we obviously did to go and try yeah. and meet you know Kasabian and James yeah. and the other bands that were like headlining it. It's like literally you walk behind the massive tent and there's just. 200 buzzies and 20 lorries parked up yeah. and some portaloos and that's basically it man yeah. there's like nothing you know there's no big grandiose kind of you know yeah. party going on <laughs> I know it's disappointing that isn't it it's, yeah. Bit, yeah like you feel like kind of walk through the door and go oh we're on a car park which makes, <laughs> <laughs> which makes what it was <laughs> well you, you mentioned something interesting earlier that there's a there's a few people trying to grow the uh, the, the local Stoke music scene who are they who are these people Oh man, um, so I mean, we've got a couple of great festivals. There's the Limelight Festival in mm. um, Newcastle on the Lime every year. That's in mm. the second bank holiday in May, and then we have yeah. the Your City Festival, first bank holiday mm. in May. Um, we're nice. playing that this year. That's our album launch. Actually, we're headlining yeah. the Friday night as part of it as nice. our album launch. Um, so Ben Nixon runs that. Rich Hearn runs that. Um, there's great people that, even though um, BBC Introduction's been scaled down now, there's still yeah. an introduction in Stoke that's just not the size it was. Now that we've dialed yeah. it all back. Um, yeah, I mean, there's again, there's 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 lots of creatives in Stoke. Um, it just feels like um, Stoke's too small a place to make the most of them, and that's why an awful lot of people end up. Like our producer um, Andy Gannon is from Stoke on Trent. Mm. Uh, he's moved to Manchester now uh, just because he's got to to progress. So like he's doing yeah. he's doing records with um, Cortinas now. I don't think you mind me saying he's doing like writing sessions with people like DMAs and Entity Shikari. Mm like that they're just opportunities you never in a million years kind of get if yeah in this city you have to move to where the you know where the action is i suppose <laughs> yeah we had um, we had lissy taylor on the 
uh, on the podcast previously. Great, Lessie's from Stoke. Yeah, yeah it's a, she it, she she comes to Manchester quite a lot uh, to do gigs to try and branch out of her home, you know, town, and it, it happens all over. It's, it's obviously not just Stoke. Uh, even like big cities like Sheffield, people want to still get to Manchester and. Uh, not too sure about Leeds, but um, I've always found Leeds quite hard work uh, to get into their scene. I don't know why. Yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got a deck of Leeds on that tour. Um, yeah. Yeah, another, another thing about like big cities is um, it's just the opportunity to play more. Like music, yeah. music's, there's no trick to music. Like The more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah. Um, so if you're from a city that gives you opportunity to maybe play a couple of nights a week every mm-hmm. month without playing the same venue for three months, yeah. then you'll be able to abandon the band that comes from a city where they could play every venue in their city in a week and then not gig for six months. Yeah. You know, it's no trick to it. The more you do, the better you get at it. So it's yeah. opportunity as well. And obviously if you're from, yeah. if you're from out of town, every promoter works on the basis like, well, can you do 20 tickets? Can you do 25 tickets? And you yeah. go, well, not really. We're not from Manchester. So, yeah. so then, you know, <laughs> like it's hard to get a foothold in places like that to, to grow a, to grow like a, an initial fan base that means you can keep returning and, and grow and move up bills and things when you're not from them cities because mm. just getting it in the first place is, is hard enough when you're not from there. Well, you know? I, so, as, a, as a promoter in Manchester, I, I have, I've personally been like that. I, I haven't been able to put bands on out of town. I'd more than want to. I, I, I feel like I need to. And, and this year I've just booked some new dates uh, from September onwards at Oldham 33. Um, I'm, I've moved my gigs uh, away from Gulliver's a little bit because their higher fees got quite expensive. Um, yeah, so and you've got to cover, you cover yourself, haven't you? Got, you've got to cover like... yourself. So if you can't sell any tickets, you're going to lose money. Um, so and you can't keep doing it if you lose money every time. So yeah. it's a, so so <laughs> so what do you do? It's you know, it, it tickets seem really difficult to sell anyway. Even to local, even local bands struggle to sell tickets to their mates sometimes because cost of living and people are skinned and stuff it's yeah. um but but i have decided i've got some shadell on speaking of him earlier i've got him on in uh in manchester in june um so Thanks. i i am this year i'm i'm gonna take more risks with it and just uh and just and just go for it because you know fuck it <laughs> well i mean it's um music needs as many people to to help each other as possible yeah. i think i mean um, especially like there seems to be a split in music where you've got like the London scene who mm. want to do what they want to kind of like press on the rest of the world, what they think the next yeah. cool thing is. And then you've got the North that just kind of goes, well, we'll do what we want. Thank you very much. Yeah. We know, <laughs> we know what we like and yeah. we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just back what's cool. Not what we're told to back school. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of, in that kind of um, mindset, the North needs as many people doing them kind of things as possible. Yeah. You know, you just need everybody involved to be doing the best they can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, if every band on the bills pushed as hard as they can to get people there, and there's forty people there, well then you do forty people. You know, um, yeah. it's just it's just one of them things, isn't it? This yeah. game at the minute, so after COVID, trying to get people out, it's difficult. It definitely is. Yeah, well, I, definitely. I love the band name Caymans. I'm not going to ask the question where did the name come from because I just I just think I, I just don't like that question in general. I think it's a bit <laughs> I think it's a bit old hat, but uh, I just like the name. It's it's a good solid name. How how did the band? come together then talk us about how you all found each other and uh, <laughs> and got yeah. cracked on yeah uh, we um i initially just started after after i came out of like that kind of cover scene mm. and wanted to do my own thing and wanted to like um like kind of fly or die on my own kind of choices mm. and my own my own songwriting um so i just start i just started going at the studios and making records um without a band so yeah. i was playing 
like bass and rhythm as much myself as I could and then just like programmed drums. They weren't great, but like it was a start. It was mm. so I could get moving really. Yeah. So I released um, I released a few things just on my own solo and then Corb's the guitarist, James Corbishley, he saw me posting bits online. He got in touch, said, have you got like a regular guitarist? Mm. No. <laughs> so um, so we had a, a jam. Um, he knew Josh from school, the other guitarist. Um, and then we found Luke on a like a muso website band like band members looking for bands looking for an original band um and yeah for a for like a period like a about 18 months two years we kind of we were basically gigging like my original stuff mm. but as that was happening we'd started to write more organically together okay. um so slowly but surely it was becoming less you lads playing my songs and more a band was that, um, was that so more pre- we, more pressure off you as well then? um I enjoy it more. Um, yeah. I think the older that you get as well, like you, you kind of realise that there's two kinds of bands. You get like dictatorships where you get someone to go, yeah. right, they're the songs, go and yeah. play them. Um, them bands tend to sound exactly like whatever that front man loves, <laughs> yeah. um, which is always like a diet version of whatever that is, which I never think. So it, it, it was never going to be Scott Powell and the Caymans then? It was never going to be that? <laughs> no, well, I mean, just like, I, I think... Um, when when you when you're an organic band where it's a bit of everybody, like you end yeah. up in these cool middle spaces between influences, you know, yeah. like um Corbs is very much like a big Chili's fan, like kind of West yeah. Coast American sound. And yeah. then I'm definitely been brought up on like English rock and roll and English mm-hmm. beat bands, so that there's that in me. And then we've got Josh who um loves his more stripped back stuff. He's great with his harmonies, so he's like Paul Simon and um yeah, all that kind of that kind of vibe. So he brings his three his three part harmonies in with us, and yeah. then Luke's probably a fan of heavier stuff than any of us. Um, so before you know it, like the songs end up in this like cool little middle space sometimes, yeah. where it doesn't sound like any one thing in particular, but like a meld of them two or a meld of these two. Um, and I think that's just a, a way more creatively interesting place to be as opposed to just right. I've written this on the end of my bed. All you play yeah. it. Um, exactly as I'm telling you to. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the dynamics of a band are important too. So we, we, when all these new people come into your life, playing the music that you you know you started off writing, how, how was that? You know, because starting a new band, I mean, as serious about it as what you are, not not everybody has the same passion and that kind of stuff for music, and it, it can be difficult, more difficult for some members that aren't as passionate about the music as yourself. Sometimes, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think well, that's one of the things that you've got. Is the, one, of the most diffi- one of the most difficult things in being in a band is finding people who yeah. you can be in a band with for all sorts of different reasons. Like, everybody's got to want it because it's such a slog. Yeah. Like, there are more downs than ups. Mm. Um, everybody's got to be prepared to put the time in. You've all got to, like, get on with one another because you spend mm. an awful lot of time just, like, sat in small vans or sat in yeah. dirty backstages or, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, so if you, if you, if you don't get on, you rip each other's heads off. <laughs> so like, that's, that's an odd enough thing to find. Like, um, anyway. Um, and then, yeah, there was definitely like a period early on for that, like original stuff where you can't just bring a musician in to play something that's been written for them. That mm. isn't naturally what they would do. I mean, you can do this some like superb session musicians who would just play anything, mm. but in general, like people have their own vibe and their own way of doing things. So when you just try and like, push the jigsaw piece into the space that it doesn't go maybe sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't click quite as well. Um, obviously, I mentioned earlier like that golden moment in being in a band, in an originals band, an organic originals mm-hmm. band like, like this one is, there's definitely moments where like something will come into the room and then 
uh, you'll jam it together and then there's like this lock eye moment where you kind of look at one another with this like nice. like childish excitement of going oh we've got one here this is this is this is good this is going to be good i mean it's going to need work but we can feel it yeah. we can hear it um that's um that's the magic bit um and you only get that if you do it that organic way you definitely don't get it if you just go right there's the song yeah. crack on um so yeah man i mean um that, that that that's one of the big joys of doing it it's like being a creative and that's that's a creative place to be working with yeah. people like where, where would you feel caymans are within the grand scheme of things at the minute in the industry where, where do you feel you sit at the minute uh we're pushing man i mean we definitely um so the whole point of this year is to like use the album mm-hmm. to grow the footprint of the band so that we can be more of an option for like things that you know, we're not at the level of at the minute. So, you know, we've done major festivals. We've done national tours with big artists. We're about to go and do three dates with the K's. So we're doing uh, a whole 600 sold out, uh, Edinburgh 700 sold out, Newcastle's 2,000 caps sold out. So they're like massive gigs for us. Um, we've done similar size stuff on tour. We've scouted for girls before who are a little bit more mainstream and poppy than we'd like to be, but they're still massive rooms and great experiences. Um, so, like, we've done lots of the things that you'd want to check check off the list but they come around kind of like we always say there's about four or five gigs a year that make us feel like a proper band yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like i suppose the, the the real task for us now is to get to the point where we're doing stuff that makes us feel like a proper band every month or you know every other weekend um because that's the only way you grow really um you know we've had national radio play john kennedy played as recently Stephen max played as before um but even things of that uh like industry kudos yeah John Kenny doesn't play on Radio X, and then all of a sudden your Twitter explodes. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. So the only way that you grow is by like getting out there and gigging and being in front of people um, and connecting with people in that kind of like real way that I think an awful lot of people crave now. Um, so that's the task for us, really. Can we get mm. to that stage where you know uh, we can get a booking agent? Maybe you can have us out in front of two, three hundred people every weekend, as opposed to yeah. once a month, like it is at the minute. That's that's the aim of this year to use the album to to get to that kind of level, I think. The K's are nice lads, aren't they? Um, we've we've had... not met them yet, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> I've never... listened to the records, yeah. So, I mean, um, um, we're really fortunate to have got the gigs. I mean, we're absolutely buzzing for them. They're, they're all two weeks before our album release as well. Um, so, obviously, we're hoping that we connect with their crowd and, you know, they can help push us towards a potential top 40, which is the dream. Um, mm. But we've not met them yet, but records sound great man you know we're, we're buzzing to be playing with them you know we're definitely fans so yeah we had we had ryan and jamie on before and then uh just halfway through the interview the rest of the band joined them in there uh they just look like they're having so much fun and they're they're just making great headway there was a a, a twitter friend uh nemo uh they played their house the other day like there's some party were going on that looked amazing last weekend oh yeah so they I've were playing someone's it. house yeah it was just it, it just looked it just looked you know they're all just having fun, even if they're just in someone's front room, just just giving it as much as what they would do playing to, you know, 2000 in Newcastle or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing as well about, like, if you can get to that level where you're out all the time. Yeah. Um, like, music's not like riding a bike. Like, if you don't do a gig for a yeah. month, when you go out and do your first gig, nobody's yeah. absolutely, like, dancing around the stage and enjoying <laughs> themselves. Like, you're like, right, where is it? Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a bit of that amongst everybody. It's all like a new pair of shoes when you haven't done a gig for a while. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not until um, you do two or three on the bounce that it becomes like completely natural and you're not thinking about it and you're just doing it and enjoying yourself and performing. Yeah. Um, so like for lads like that, who've got to the stage that they've got to, they're out all the time playing. Man. Yeah. So like they're doing the thing that they absolutely love most and it's completely effortless because 
because they're doing it all the time. So again, yeah. the more you do something, the better you get at it. Um, and they're doing, you know, great gigs in front of loads of people and things are blowing up. So it, it must be just an unreal experience to get to them yeah. kind of points where you're getting to do it all the time because the enjoyment of doing it is so much better when you're doing gig on top of gig on top of gig and they're all good gigs, which, you know, we've experienced that like maybe three or four times yeah. as a band where we managed to get a run of really good gigs together. That's when that's when it starts getting really, you know, that's when we feel like a proper band, I suppose. There's no secret, is it? It's just hard work and graft and engaging with your fans online. Yeah, you know, exactly if, that, if, mate. If you're, I mean, do, if you're not doing all those things, you know, you're not doing enough. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it's it's getting the opportunities to go and do it, you know, as well. Yeah. Like, like, there's no point in us, like, driving a skunk dub to play to 15 people mm. with no money, you know? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you've got, it's like getting getting gigs in that are, are worth doing, basically, they are going to grow you because, mm. um, you know, um, you could fill the diary up overnight with empty venues that, <laughs> that are yeah. all over the place and cost yourself a load of money driving around, but you're not actually progressing. You're just chucking money away. So the real difficult yeah. bit is to get the diary full of stuff that's actually going to grow your band, even if, like, if you do small gigs, you grow slowly. If you do bigger gigs, you go quicker, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's just trying to get the best stuff you can, really, which, is, again, that's the aim of this year. How do you get the best stuff, though? Because so, it, it, it's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, everybody wants to go out on the road, and some people do take the risk and don't play to many people. You've got to start somewhere, getting out of your own uh, like yeah. town or city, aren't you? So how how do you know what's going to be good? Because obviously like a gig with the K's or Scout with Girls or whatever, they're going yeah. to be ace gigs. But other than those yeah. type of gigs, how how do you kind of judge it? I mean, every, I mean, most gigs at this kind of level, other than the kind of ones you've just spoken about, are, yeah. are a risk. Like you're looking at it and going, mm. right, well, we've weighed up every variable and yeah. this this could be solid so let's go and do it you know mm. um and then there's some that you can just tell straight away like don't touch that with a barge pole <laughs> the yeah. sound will probably be awful <laughs> you know the um there will be nobody there you'll spend yeah. 200 pound on van and petrol getting there and back yeah. you probably all lose half a day's pay because it's on a thursday night you yeah. know like these are all things that like, yeah. like the album's called work life balance um right okay that, yeah as much a testament to the world that we live in and having to make it um as the world that we live in trying to promote it and um you know, uh, go and gig it and things like that because, like, like a bit like I said earlier about like just wanting to be able to get up and be a creative every day. Yeah. Like we're in practice rooms on, you know, Wednesday nights at nine o'clock at night when two of the lads have been on building sites at seven o'clock yeah. that morning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you're not yeah. you're not cognitively firing. Yeah, at the point. you want to be doing the thing that you that you're trying to do your best at. So you know, you're like stood there trying to get the best out of each other as you can, knowing that you know. Everyone's knackered, man. Everyone's been work all day. Some like Josh comes, you know, I'd time had tea most nights, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and that's that's the reality of like being in a in a real band, really. Um like just having made the album is a is a testament to is an achievement in itself, really. Um so anything that we can do with it over the next mm. twelve months would be um would be some achievement for who we are yeah, yeah well we're definitely going to be talking about the uh, the the new album soon and the new single that's just come out too there are right. there is going to be links to um you know pre-order the album within the description of this podcast as well ladies and gentlemen so uh but we're going to ch- talk about the soon. i just want to I, I, I do want to talk about life on the road because it, it's another one of those uh areas that i just like talking about because it's always that 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 bit must always be a be, always be fun is that a stretch Oh no, not always fun. Sometimes it's an absolute wall. <laughs> I had break down yeah. and good at the side of the M6 <laughs> right, okay. in the morning, yeah. and uh, like hotels that we booked, and you turn up with no glass in the windows. Like we've had, you know, <laughs> no, there's no glass in the windows. 
Oh mate, yeah, we've had some absolute shockers. Like, we went down, so it's like there's no window in the window. Like, oh right, you move this eventually, but you know, um, oh loads, man. Uh, one of the one of the best ones. We um, <laughs> very early on, so like 2018, yeah. um, we were working with a manager who got a friend who got like a food tent that he took yeah. around the major festivals. It's like a breakfast tent, so like literally people come up and do like you know buffet breakfast, yeah. um, and they had like. Basically, they just had a PA in a pallet stage, and they said, like, we'll just bring the lads. We'll put them in as kitchen staff, and they can just play gigs in between, like, people having their dinner every day. <laughs> All right. So, but, like, they were going to, like, Latitude and Boardmasters and Green Man and, like, <clears throat> a few other really cool festivals. Yeah. So we were like, we'll go do that. You know, there'll be you know, be loads of people there. You know, you spend half your time as a band trying to get people to come to you. We'll just go to them if yeah. there's an opportunity to. Right. So they, um, so they, they give us, like, passes that said we were kitchen staff. And then we tipped up in our van <laughs> with like enough gig to do, you know, well enough gig to do one of the small stages basically, <laughs> right. like in the back of this van. Right. Um, we had to like argue our way in. This guy that eventually let us in, I was sacked the next day. <laughs> we went back to try and find him, and he'd been sacked. Um, I think for letting us in, but once we we're in, there's nothing they could do about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we played like we played um, like pop up gigs basically. So we we do like. Oh, nice. We do three sets a day in this breakfast tent at Latitude and Boardmasters and Green Man. And then um, because we got the gear, we just went and did like wherever we could set up and play. And we found this guy who got like a, he got a horse box that he served cocktails out of. It was like a converted horse box. And it was in the middle of all the camping fields. So there's just thousands of tents around it. We're like, can we play on the roof? And he's like, yeah, you can play on the roof. We just went on the top of this horse box and set the gear up and did like, did an hour with like all these tents around us and that. Um, how, as did, well, how did you power, power it? I'm just thinking of the logistic, logistics of these things. Oh yeah, I think um, I think we tripped a few things basically. Ooh, oh you know, right, remember that electrics was coming around, and you know they obviously got the electrics for all the food right. making stuff and what have you. So, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was an experience for a start, but I mean, we we basically were like out gigging for about two three weeks straight. Yeah. Um, we had a little break after the first couple of dates, and after the first couple of dates, we we're like, I am not camping for another three weeks doing this there's no way i can sleep in a tent yeah. for three weeks doing this on the ground it's not happening yeah. so we um we went and bought a caravan off some gypsies right. for, for 400 pounds <laughs> and this caravan was like a box on wheels actually <laughs> not not pretty at all i remember when we picked it up we hooked it up to the back of the van and um we went around the back of it to check everything was working and cause the guitarist went to this gypsy the lights aren't working and this gypsy went it's daytime. <laughs> it's like, but it won't be when we're like 20 minutes from masters at four o'clock in the morning. And we ended up getting that working. Um, as we were like driving down to Borgmasters, um, the insurance people rang me because I had to insure it and said, um, you said you said £400 that you wanted to insure the caravan for. You meant 4000 didn't you? It's like, no, no. £400. So literally two wheels and a cardboard box. <laughs> we got down there, the skylight had blown off halfway through, so we spent like... We spent about like half an hour as soon as we got there, like pinning bin liners over the top of this massive hole with them <laughs> soaking wet. Um, I mean, that was that was boardmasters and, and latitude, but it was great fun, man. You know, like, yeah, that sounds great. Josh took his surfboard down, <laughs> his surfboard down to boardmasters, and this caravan was relatively small. We couldn't really even fit in it, so we perched the surfboard across <laughs> like the kitcheny bit and a window and slept on the surfboard. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So we were like underneath, we were like stacked on top one another in the caravan in between gigs. Funny. Um, so most of the time it's fun then. 
Or, 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 or is it on? Is it on? You know, you, when you think back and it, it was fun. Was it? Is it? You know, you know what I mean? It's the, the romance of it. That looking back at yeah, these types of things. Is I think at the time you're probably you're probably looking at it going, "What are we doing?" Like one of them <laughs> things. Definitely plenty of them moments. There was one in Birmingham actually. We um yeah. we did this gig in Birmingham. We were headlining. The band that supported us was um, three lads. Um. They came on stage, they got three acoustic guitars and they got about 13 strings between the three of them. So if you do your maths, that doesn't add up. <laughs> no. um, they got a pop-up tent and they opened this pop-up tent and put it down in front of the stage. And then they had like a Fisher-Price toy, like electric campfire. And they nice. put that in front of the tent and then they sat down in front of the stage facing one another in a triangle, not facing the crowd, facing yeah. each other. They played... I think they played three Oasis covers. I think they played Wonderwall twice. <laughs> oh, Christ. And then they played an original. Um, the lyrics were, who's got the cat on loop for about 15 minutes over the stage three chords. Super. To the point where everybody starts like looking at each other again, how much long is this game going on? Like, what's good? That's kind of mighty boost reenactment yeah, yeah. or something. And in the end, they had to be forcibly removed from the venue because like they'd overrun their set time and we're making no attempts to like go anywhere. <laughs> Bear in mind, like you're like trying to progress and get somewhere and what you're doing, you were just like stood waiting to go on watching this. I think I had like a little cry in the van, <laughs> <laughs> which is like funny to look back on now, but at the time, yeah, maybe not as funny when it was happening, but very surreal. Um, yeah, that was Birmingham. It was just loads of that. <laughs> and, and they turned out to be... I thought that's how we were yeah. going to end, like fucking, I don't yeah, know. Sabian, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, and they turned out to be Sabian, that would be funny. No, no idea where they are now, yeah. but okay. surreal, definitely. definitely. I'm just going to search cool. Spotify, who's got the cat, see if, it, see if, see if, it's, see if it's still going for <laughs> Yeah, just see if it's got 12 million. <laughs> so, so you're getting all the support. Uh, you mentioned John Kennedy there. He, he's a good supporter of the local music scene. Um, everybody loves that guy. I, I saw him down at uh, this feelings gig in Bridlington. He was right. DJing it. He was out and about in the crowd, and everybody were coming up to him and that, that kind of stuff. He's just like, just one of those. I wonder if he like just walks down the put- street, just had, like demos thrown at him. Like, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah, like with Beatles cuts hanging out the window. <laughs> we saw John chucking CDs at him. That must be his, like umbrella everywhere he goes for stopping getting. I, I do, I do hear that he still listens to him though, even though whatever he gets on the street and stuff is just you know passionate about it. Like, great, um, you know, like yeah. all the great DJs, um, you know they. We need more people like that in the in the radio industry, I suppose, as well, because that's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, again. I mean, radio's a funny one. Like I say, it kind of exists for bands like us now, more for your CV, if you want a better yeah. word, or for your socials. Like yeah. I say, like we've had national radio play, we've had good radio play. Mm. Access are really good too. It's the yeah. first thing off the album was um, Access Manchester yeah. Record of the Week for a week and then playlisted for like the whole month. Um, yeah. But even that, like, radio play doesn't connect with people like turning around. Like, we don't get loads of people commenting on all the pages again, or we've, we've heard you on. Radio X or XS mm. or Radio One or whatever, going, oh, you're fantastic for coming your gig. Like, you 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 got to have like consistent radio play. Like, it's got to be hammered for like weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks on end. Like three. That's why when you listen to like Radio One, you hear the same fifteen songs over and over again because yeah. it's just just advertising, isn't it? Basically. Um, so like, radio is great to be able to turn around and go like, he's played us and he's played us and we've yeah. played on that. Like, it looks great, um, but it doesn't do an awful lot in terms of like growing a footprint and a band and bringing new people on board. Um, that's that's all gigs, that is. Like I say, 
small gigs you grow slowly yeah. big gigs you grow okay <laughs> yeah um, so let's move on to the album there so an album's a big stage in any band's career in it but and uh every band i've spoken to that's just released a debut album it's kind of when the hard work starts after that because you're not a new band anymore you've got an album out so you've really yeah. you've, you've kind of got to really crack on after you've got an album out there i suppose how, how's it feel feeling now you know it's about to come out how what's the vibe in the band about having a fucking album yeah man it's like a moment in time like a stamp kind of thing really yeah. like we do all kind of look at it with like a realistic tinge of being like yeah. one day we'll all be you know 60 65 year old men and we will look back and go you know what we made that you know mm. and all right okay it hasn't gone down alongside maybe sergeant peppers or whatever but you know that's yeah. that's everything we, as good as we could do you know so there's a bit of that about it like it's a real landmark moment to like i say for a band like us to be able to afford and achieve making yeah. it is, is some is something to be proud of um, and then now it's just making the best swing of it we can man i mean like yeah. i've said that quite a bit like now that the real work starts now because you know no point yeah. in bringing it out and it only selling 30 copies because you didn't do enough work to get people to know about it you know mm. yeah. um so it's just a constant slog now to reach as many people as we can and um singles have been well received like we've yeah. got some nice radio play we've got some nice gigs coming up and it gives you like um gives you like a tool basically to to reach out to people and go look there's a body of work here that like we're really proud of and that seems to be going down well can you help us reach more people with it? Which is something mm. you can't do when you're just doing a single every three months, which has kind of been the plan for the last few years. Yeah. So we definitely took, we definitely realised that you can't just keep banging singles out forever, hoping that one goes viral and that changes your life overnight. At some yeah. point, you've got to do a, a more, um, you know, a bigger body of work mm. that that the time is right to do. I think so. We took like about eight months off publicly last year to. Mm afford and work and do the recording and, and put all the infrastructure in place to be able to go and release the record um so to have got that far and announced it and now be pushing it mm. um yeah it's like a it's like a proud excitement i would say um, so where we what can we expect from it is it quite a lot of the uh the singles that you brought out or is it new quite new stuff how, how have you gone about it yeah so i mean just on a financial basis like 12 brand new tracks was <laughs> probably never going to yeah, be affordable. Yeah. But so there's four previously released singles on it. So we've picked like a um, a mix of the stuff that we know that people who love us love. Yeah. And then uh, there's um, the other couple are like sonically the ones that we're like kind of most proud of or songwriting wise, the mm. ones that we're most proud of. Um, and then, yeah, the other eight are all brand new tracks. Obviously, oh. Cynical's just come out. Yep. Confetti and Kalashnikov's came out yesterday, actually, as we yep. record this now. Um and yeah, it's been a nice. It's been nice as well because when you when you when you're just doing singles, you write with a single head on as well. Yeah. Like so, you kind of you kind of go, well, for a single, the song would do this now, as opposed to like just letting yourself go where wherever it might feel it might be mm-hmm. cool to go. Um, so there's definitely a few tracks on there that are not um, pop structure. You know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, pre, and you know, like yeah. like there's um there's there's a few where we've been able to be a bit more creative with it, um, which you wouldn't do if you were just doing singles. Like, There's a couple that wouldn't be brought out as singles, but that we really love and we're really proud of. And it, is it going to be on vinyl? It is. You can get vinyls nice. now. You can get vinyl, nice. CD, digital download. Uh, everything's with merch bundles as well. Um, and then every gig on our tour, um, you can get a ticket with a CD. And we're coming to Manchester night mm. and day on the 7th of May. Nice. Um, Liverpool, London, uh, doing a big launch in Stoke. We're going to Leeds. We just announced one in Litchfield. We're going to Birmingham as well. 
Um, so yeah, we're going to be busy boys as of uh, as like April onwards. Nice one. So uh, I was speaking to Rick Witter from Shed Seven just before his album came out, and he uh, I was just asking him about how he structured his new the the new album, and I just found it fascinating, and it's it's obvious really if you think about it a little bit, but it was new information to me because. I just didn't think about it. It's like, you know, just the, the, the track listing on an album, you've got to, it, like, number six, it's got to be a bit of a banger because people uh, listening on a vinyl have to get up off the fat ass to turn record over, to, to, want to, yeah. to, to want to turn it over. You know, little things like that, it, you know, it's, I found that kind of interesting. Just little things I never even thought of. You know what, I've recently, very recently, like, so it's Christmas on the basis that I knew that we were going to be bringing out a vinyl. Yeah. Having not, having not bought them before or not had yeah. a turntable to play yeah. on um, I bought my mum and dad one for Christmas and then bought them like their first records they'd ever bought oh, as nice. part of their Christmas present. And then I like, just found myself like hypnotised by vinyl once I was like mm. listening to it. Like it genuinely has it's completely changed the listening to music experience for yeah. me in a way I'm really grateful for. Um, it's like turning listening to albums again. It's a bit like putting a film on. It's like yeah. I'm listening to, like I find myself watching the record player when it's playing sometimes. Mm. And yeah, there's definitely is this like, because you don't like select what track you want, so you listen through the body of work, like as yeah. an artist would have intended you to listen yeah. through a body of work. And they are structured. Yeah, you can definitely see that where it's like, you know, the six on side A and the six on side mm-hmm. B, or however they split it. You start seeing like, in a way, I've never like I've been buying my favourite records, um, mm. you know, that I've never listened to on vinyl, and then I'm enjoying them in a like a totally new and different yeah. way than I've ever enjoyed them before. Because it's all more relaxed, got isn't it? Room. It's just, it's a more it's more like I've been doing it this week with the new Red Rum Club album, uh, and, I, and yeah. you know it, it, you know I, I I I tend to buy the buy a, buy the vinyl now from a band and then just stream it when I'm out and about. So I've got the best yeah. of both worlds, yeah. but it's just like on a Sunday or something, and you're just making your dinner or whatever. You've got an album. Yeah, on, you've got an Sunday album on your background. Come down and stick a record on while I'm yeah. making your breakfast, yeah, yeah. and then like instead of like just turning it off and then sticking the telly on, like you would do a Spotify. Yeah, or something yeah. I just sit and listen to the record while I'm making yeah. your breakfast, and that's something that like I haven't done for such a long time. Like yeah. probably since I was like, I remember like one of the big moments I think, which is weird to think back on it. It's like when I was about like I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, mm. the first iPods that came out, like the, yeah. the big block ones like i had one of them um, and all of a sudden just was never not listening to music like i used to get told off in class for sneaking the earphone <laughs> up my sleeve and like having it yeah, in half yeah. in while like whatever was going on in class was going on <laughs> so like I, that was the last time i remember um loving listening to music yeah. do you know what i mean like loving the experience of listening to music um and it's, it feels like that again um in a strange way even though the technology is predates it by like 70 odd years I, I can remember getting one of those bricks and i were obsessed with filling it so i, yeah. I, I think I, I managed to get like five thousand songs onto it four thousand eight hundred of them i probably never listened to but because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you can like it, it's a different experience when you've got it on your phone and you just you've got a tune and it's oh you, you just think of a tune oh let's listen to that one oh listen to that one you don't tend to like relax into an album do you like, like well there's you can, no like, skipping tracks or anything like that with yeah. is it like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like um I don't um, put it on and go, I really loved the third track of this, so I'll drop yeah. the needle in there. Yeah. Don't do that. On, it's do on. what you're doing. Yeah. It's totally changed like, my experience of listening to music and my enjoyment of listening to music, um, which is a really great thing because like, art does inspire art. So you mm. find yourself writing on the back of the fact that you're listening to music properly again um, and writing in a different way yeah. and writing new stuff and hearing things that you've not heard before because you're properly listening. It's not just on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, um, 
I'm really buzzing to hear I was on <laughs> on May third when we uh, when we when we get the copies. How did you come up with like because the, the 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 artwork on a piece of vinyl is very, um, you know, it's artwork. <laughs> it, it's it, it, I, I can imagine it being uh quite difficult to get a final draft on how you want it to look. How how did you how, how did you? Oh, we fell on ours, mate. To be fair, did like it's such a difficult thing to you know. There's there's a there's a million like um. There's, there's always a, a bit like you mentioned you didn't want to go through like how we got the band name there's a, yeah. everybody can always find a reason to not go with whatever yeah. band name was suggested yeah. or whatever someone says yeah. why don't we use this for the artwork there's always a reason why eventually you just have to like draw a line in the sign and go well it's got to be something so we can do yeah. that um, we played a festival last summer in Cheshire um, with Feeder uh, they mm. played it Star Sailor played it um, so that was like it was a really good one and we had one of our photographer mates came to the festival and we weren't planning on doing any kind of promo stuff. He was just coming to do live shots for us. And it was in this really like nice setting. It's like castle about and, you know, middle of Cheshire countryside. Mm. It, was, it was in a cool place. Um, so Liam, the photographer said, come on, let's go do some press shots. We've got nothing else to do. And then he, we just went wandering and taking some. And then that's one that we just fell on. And like he sent oh, nice. it to us and it got this like kind of like cool twist blur on it. Um, and to be fair, all the other artwork that we've ever released for everything else has never been a band shot. We've never done a band shot. Mm. There's always like some kind of idea in the art or something yeah. that related to the song or something like that. We'd never done a band shot as a, as a piece of art for any of the singles or anything. So it kind of made sense that this is a this is a, a collection of work and this is an album. So we'll do a band shot. Um, and we just fell on that one and all loved it. Um, so it was the, the one thing that we all looked at and went, you know what? Yeah, that's that's the one. Oh, nice. um, and but we, we got it by accident, man. We weren't even planning to go and shoot something. <laughs> best way though, that isn't it? Best way because you can overthink these things. I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Like like, got- like like with the mix, you know, you can just keep going forever, can't you? And uh, at yeah. some point, you're just gonna say, "Well, just that's it." Yeah, at some point, there's a line in the sand where you go, "You know what?" <laughs> we've got to go now <laughs> so pick yeah. one kind of thing yeah. um but like it, all the theme of the artwork as well so um uh, liam who did that shot was also like taking loads of other shots mm. of not us like uh, and so the reverse of the album is this really cool like hypnotic twist of some oh. thistles <laughs> which yeah. sounds weird to say but it looks yeah. cool yeah. um and he sent us that along with the other stuff, and they just married up because so, they've done on the same day with the same filters and yeah. the same kind of the same eye that shot them both. Um, so yeah, the whole theming of the record like happened by accident, just because we took a photographer to a gig to do some live shots, and he, he said, "Come on, let's go do some promo stuff." So like these thistles are on the back of the vinyl, yeah. and they're also printed on the CD and printed on the vinyl, uh, with no real particular relation to anything on it or us. Yeah. It just looks. Which is half the battle most of the time, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to put a link to uh, for people to pre-order the album. And obviously, you've got this UK tour coming up as well. There'll be a link to that in the description of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I, what would you say to the people that are hovering over the link now that haven't pressed it yet? What would you say to those? What would you say to those bastards? Come on. <laughs> Go for it, man. Go I mean, for it, yeah. Look it and see, man. I think, yeah. um, I think like we try as best to be like an honest rock and roll band. And I yeah. think there's enough, there's two ways you can make it in this industry. You can either be whatever the industry thinks it wants and yeah. try to change to be that, or you can just be yourself. And um, I know mm. people like it. Um, and we could never really bring ourselves to be on our route. We'll dress the way that apparently mm. everybody's looking for us to dress. And we'll write songs that sound like what everybody else seems to want them to sound like. We're, we're an honest indie rock and roll band. And if you yeah. click, that's what you'll get, man. Um, oh, nice. That's all we've ever wanted to be, I think. 
Well said, mate. Well said. Well, Scott, we we appreciate your time today. It's been lovely getting to know you and what Caymans are all about. We'll be shouting about it on RGM. Uh, you say night and day in May, you say? 7th of May? Uh, 7th of May, uh, night and day. Right, um, we're in Liverpool as well, not too far from you guys. So if anybody's in nice. Liverpool, Liverpool on the 9th, um, side door in Liverpool. Yeah. Like I say, the links, um, you get a deluxe ticket option, which means you there get you a go. CD on the night we'll give you of the album oh. with your ticket it's way cheaper than just a CD on its own and it helps us chart as well and we need nice. obviously all the help that we can get to yeah. to get near them numbers so yeah come see us man ah oh, thanks Scott mate really enjoyed that chat can't wait for the new album the new single as I say is on RGM right now so you can get involved with that great stories I love a band with stories uh, grafting and cracking their way through the industry getting Big shout outs to the K's. Great work. John Kennedy. Keep doing all the hard work you're doing out there, guys. It's uh, it's not gone unnoticed. And as always, if you're listening to the audio, which you will be, because this is only going to be on the audio podcast, you can watch us on YouTube as well. Have a look over there. Gradually getting towards a thousand. Slowed down a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but you know, if, you, if you've got a spare subscribe in you... Um, can I have one? Uh, cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us again for another podcast. If you have enjoyed the podcast, as always, thanks for... Well, big thank you for staying right to the end and getting this far. Thank you. Um, you can give us a little share. It's very much appreciated. Share us about. Tell your friends about us. And we will be back next week for another edition of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So for now, I bid you adieu. And hope you have a lovely week of music ahead of you. Thank you. Doodaloo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe and tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support and we'll see you next week.